Secondly, you should know okay. that there are much better role models for people in this country than than Thomas Jefferson. Oh, Thomas Jefferson. Okay, so you're planning on replacing the statue? Is that correct? Or yes, they. Any plans? Oh, okay. And what are you planning on replacing it with? Well, we have a couple of options, which I'm actually very excited about. We have JoJo, who is a, a child pedophile. Mm. We have George Floyd, uh, definitely an upstanding citizen. Uh, Karl Marx is one that we were thinking of as well. Wow. So we have a few good options that we're thinking of. Don't you think that still people should be able to make the decision on whether or not to take the vaccine? Uh, no. No. No, I don't think so. so. If I told you right now that I'm unvaccinated, how would that make you feel? You think I'm selfish? Uh, yeah, I guess, because, I mean, you don't really care about other people's health. I mean, here, here, here. Like, these are all over the place, which means that the guy who was doing this was just spraying and praying, right. which is how you hit kids, how you have collateral damage. So that's kind of what we're dealing with here. It's an incredibly sad situation seeing all of this. The gang members that control this territory here do not actually live here. They've actually just come into this residential area and overtaken the space here. You can hear the music. Uh, you'll see a lot of gang members have some sort of red paraphernalia on them, whether that's a shirt, whether that's a hat, a bandana, whatever. Uh, but that's to show that they are a member of the uh, bounty hunter bloods. People don't understand that their affirmation of this sort of identity, specifically with kids, is very harmful to mental health, to uh, the rates of suicide in young adults right now, which are higher than they've been in a very, very long time. Will Witt and Amla Ekpunobi are commentators and content creators. They host Will and Amal Live on PragerU. And don't forget to buy Will's book, How to Win Friends and Influence Enemies. How are you guys doing? Thank you for joining me. My inflection's all off. Thanks for coming on today. It's very good, man. I'm great. How are you doing? I am doing well. Thanks for asking. Amla, how are you? I'm happy to be here. I'm doing great. I appreciate that sentiment. Now, if you guys don't know, Will was the second guest ever on the show. We just passed 50, and uh, I'm very thankful for you guys coming on. Um, give us all an update up here in Canada land, how California is doing in terms of mandates and lockdowns and all that jazz. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's been an interesting ride. I just moved here from Florida seven months ago, so I'm really getting the feel for what uh, COVID mandates and vaccine mandates look like here. Uh, for us, being young people, we're not allowed to go to bars, sit inside restaurants uh, without having our vax cards. So we're constantly being asked for that. So far, not complying, but that's the reality here in California. You guys are basically Canadian then, it sounds like. Well, who do you think <laughs> is to blame here? We're not that uh, bad. You're not that. Oh, wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's been so long since we spoke and you're already hurting my feelings. Well, who are we blaming here? Is it Gavin Newsom? Is it is it the voters for keeping him in? What's your thought on that? I mean, it's a lot more insidious than just saying our bureaucrats right now that we voted in are responsible for this. You have Dr. Fauci. You have the World Health Organization. You have the CDC. You have people who have maliciously hid data maliciously hid things like HCQ and ivermectin showing the the great effects of those types of drugs made it so that people feel like oh they have to take 10 boosters to prove that they're not a racist i mean all of these things that have happened are are because of the elites in this country pushing this on us and not caring about deaths not caring about our well-being not caring about the economy they don't care about any of that as long as they attain more power and more wealth through the the diktats and the 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 evil that they are putting forward so i mean it is you know 
it, we do have to look at the people and say, you know, there's a lot of people in California who didn't do enough. I wish people in California would do more. But, you know, the brainwashing goes so deep and it starts at such a young age. It's hard to necessarily blame people when they don't even have access to the information that's really true. Now, I read that Newsom's leaving the country for Thanksgiving. I read that earlier today, which obviously is a sad sign for your own governor. Doesn't want a vacation <laughs> in his own state. But um, he, he's also oh, saying who that goes, he's... Who goes to Mexico? He's Sorry. He's going to Mexico for his vacation. You're leaving America during Thanksgiving, an American <laughs> holiday, to go to Mexico. He's going down on the Jesse Ventura ranch, I think. Um, he's also saying, I read at the same time, that he's going to get tough on crime. Obviously, San Francisco and Hollywood and L.A., they're notorious for the, the homeless, the, the defecation maps of San Francisco. Do you guys actually believe that this time around that he's actually going to you know, be tough on crime? There's all those Walgreens that are closing. How do you feel about this? Right. I would love to see him actually be tough on crime, but it looks like it's not happening here. You go to a grocery store here and to get a bottle of shampoo, you have to have an employee come and unlock a case for you. It's just ridiculous how much crime is happening in San Francisco. They just had a store robbed collectively by over 60 people who masked up, went in, ransacked the place and left. And so far, there's not an update to as a single one of them truly being brought to justice in this case. I would love to see somebody be tough on crime and bring some law and order to California. But so far, I don't see it. And I'll believe it when I see it because they are all talk so far. Have you guys seen any of this firsthand yet? I mean, what I, I haven't seen anybody go out and shoplift. I see a lot of crime when it comes to homeless people. There are homeless people in the streets doing drugs right in front of you. I went to go get my hair done last week and there was a naked homeless man standing in the street while four police officers tried to put clothes on him. So that's mm. really the reality here. And like I said, you try to go to stores and buy products and you can't even buy the simplest of things, a pack of gum without a case being unlocked because people are going in and stealing these things because they feel it's their right to do so. I saw Dennis stealing bagels last week, <laughs> but other than that, we've been pretty good. I was just going to say, Will, what are you doing naked outside of the hair salon? <laughs> you know, when, when you're allowed to get away with anything, then you might as well just do it, right? If, if no one's going to yeah. trouble you for you're it. You're catching him on a good moment here being clothed. Uh -huh. It's great. Truly disturbing. What's going on down there, Fred, you? <laughs> I watched your video you guys did of the ride along. You want to tell everybody what was that? what that was like. It was a really cool video. What did you guys learn first and foremost from that experience? Sure. I mean, we, we set out because there was a, a large narrative. I'm sure you're familiar in the U.S. with the defund the police movement. And it's not just a narrative here in the U.S. It's really everywhere. But it was getting super pervasive, specifically here in California. So we thought, let's go to one of the most dangerous neighborhoods there is in Los Angeles. And that's Watts uh, in South Central. And let's see what the LAPD is doing there. So we went with them. We checked out the crime stats that they're dealing with on a day to day basis. Countless murders to where all of their resources are being used just to combat people being shot and killed in their streets. But we, we found more so than anything that police officers are not just police officers. They are social workers. They are teaching young kids in these communities. They are acting as parents. They take on so many roles and wear so many different hats. And the communities that are going to be the most affected by this defund the police movement are the communities that are just so ridden with crimes and drugs and, and prostitution. It's these low-income communities that we think we're saving that are going to be hurt by this movement. 
There's a really viral clip I remember from a news reporter who was pretty much pro defund the police. And then they put him in one of those situations where he had to determine what he was going to do as a police officer. And I saw um, you both did that. Will killed the guy, I think, right away is what happened there. Will, any takeaways from that other than your proposed criminality? First of all, the guy was asking for it. Secondly, it he goes dropped to his show... knife, Will. <laughs> he did indeed. Well, you should have dropped it better. Okay, that's okay. not that's not my problem. All right. Fair. No, but listen. In all seriousness, I mean, if you guys watch that police ride along, you guys see the video. You will see how difficult a job like being a police officer is. People want to say it's easy. Oh, you know, a mass shooter comes into your into your home, just shoot him in the leg. Right. That's what you got to do. If the mainstream media had the same discipline and the same rigor with their training for becoming, you know, stewards of their job, then maybe we would have an honest media. But as of now, they're not doing that. And the police officers, really, when you look at what they're doing, they're going through intense training and care to make sure that they do the best job possible. And I, I dare and urge anyone to go and try and what they do, or at least in the simulation, and see if you could handle it. I doubt that you could. Yeah, and I, I also want to add and, and challenge an idea that these officers go through, what, six months of training, and then they're just handed a badge and a gun, and they go and hit the streets. That's certainly not the case, at least in this department in particular. They go through uh, re-education and retraining every six months, and they go through these same simulation tests over and over and over, the same ones that you see us go through in this vlog. And if they fail, guess what? They're not going out on the street anymore. And to think that the that police officers don't want accountability, that they just want to go out and harm people and kill black Americans is an utterly false narrative. And when you go and do these ride alongs and you meet these police officers, you meet human beings who have lives and families and ambitions and dreams and goals. And the mainstream media would, wouldn't want anybody to see any of that. Yeah, and you guys talked to that young boxer girl who has to go to a boarding school, I think it was. Probably the craziest thing that I remember from that video is um, saying that people would rather call in sick uh, to their jobs rather than ask one of the gang members to move their car that's blocking them in. Is that, is that, yeah. Do you think that's a true thing? Is it because of the demographics there, you think? Yeah, it's absolutely true. So we went and visited one of these neighborhoods in particular. It's called Nickerson Gardens. And we went there and this is a predominantly Hispanic neighborhood. But you drive through the neighborhood and you'll see nothing but black people out on the streets partying, playing loud music, doing drugs. And it's because they're in a gang war and a race war in this area. So the gangs come and they inhabit these neighborhoods where these Hispanic people live and don't allow them to leave their houses. Their children can't play in their yards. A story that was told that didn't get put in the vlog is that there are actually families who will come out of outside of their apartments or, or their duplex and pour bleach on their front doorstep so that the gang members do not feel inclined to stay there so that the smell sort of drives them away. And this is happening in all of these neighborhoods in South Central. And that's how big the problem is. Will, what do you, do you think there's any solution to this? Do we obviously I think it was a billion dollars they, they cut recently, just like New York. Do you think that's the only solution here? Are there other things that need to be considered? More police, definitely. And also making it so that criminals aren't just getting back on the streets, as we saw with this guy who just ran over all these people. And in Wisconsin, you saw that he was out on a thousand dollar bail. 
that that should not be happening. People in Los Angeles, you can basically get out of get out of a prison with with no bail or get out of a thing, and that's absolutely horrible. That people can just commit crimes and then have no accountability. I, I talk about this all the time on my show. That one of the biggest problems that we have in this country is that there is no accountability, whether it's for the individual, whether it's for the government, whether it's for society as a whole. I mean, people just don't have to be accountable for their actions anymore. So then people will continuously mess up and do the wrong things until you make people feel like, hey, you commit a crime, you do something horrible, you're actually going to be in trouble for this and have to take responsibility, nothing will change. Nothing will change. But that's why they want to get that's part of the reason why they want to get rid of the police. Because you get rid of the police and then people don't have to be held accountable. You can just blame it on racism or or the institutions or all these different things that don't actually make any sense and no one actually has to take responsibility. Yeah, and I've been trying to echo the point and talk to a lot of people recently about the importance of more local politics, whether it's a state or, you know, a city council to get these types of law changed. Because what you're talking about, I think, is is a no cash bail, which exists in so many places. I think even Baltimore, one of the most violent places, and of course, the areas you guys visited. And this uh, terrorist that you're mentioning from Wisconsin, I think it was $1,000 he got out on the same day. So it's pretty crazy that this stuff would actually happen. And it's very important that people get involved in these lower levels where the laws actually get changed and passed rather than just focusing, like you said, on somebody like Gavin Newsom, who we could blame for everything because he's an idiot. But otherwise, we still need to focus on places where, you know, school boards change policies, city councils approve laws. And I'm thinking back to when you were standing in front of that restaurant that had sandbags put in front of it. You know, this sort of stuff can be changed in some sort of legislative body. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll speak to that really quickly. So many people, when they see a problem happening in their community, they look up and they look up as high as they can. So many people see the problems here in California with homelessness or the taxes or the crime or the school boards. And they go, well, look at the Biden administration. Look what he's doing. Look what our president is doing. And really, if you distill it down and look to, to your local government, look to your school board, look to your sheriff, look to your county officials, they are the ones who are truly behind the legislation and the policy that is affecting your day-to-day -day life. So always look at the bottom of the ladder, look at your local government and see what can be done there because that's what's going to create tangible change in your community. I completely agree. Will, I wanted to talk about a recent streeter video you did with about vaccine uh, mandates. You're talking to students. Were you surprised or not surprised by the answers you got? I get that we're asking college students. It was in Texas, if I'm not mistaken. How did that go for the people that didn't see it yet? Were you surprised by the answers? Were they typical, do you think? I am not surprised by any of the answers. When you go to a college campus, I mean, that is what you expect. Even in Texas, which is supposed to be a conservative state, still the students are all on the left. I mean, there are people walking around outside with two masks and I say, hey, should we have vaccine mandates? And they say, yes, we should. You shouldn't be allowed to come to this school unless you have vaccine mandates. It absolutely is mind blowing. The level of delusion that so many people have that they cannot look at the facts at all. I mean, if you go on the National Institute of Health, you go on their own website, there are studies on their own website that say that masks that aren't N95s don't actually stop any sort of viral infection. Okay? But people won't even go and do that. They won't even look on the website that is telling them that they need to wear masks. I, I mean, and, and get these vaccines and all these different things. I mean, when you look at the data and look at what has happened in this country and around the world, you will find that there have been cheap and good solutions for saving lives when it comes to COVID. 
but none of that makes enough money. And so now we have all these people who have been fooled into thinking the vaccine mandates and 10 boosters and, and, and getting the shot whenever you feel a little sad is essentially the way forward. And that, that, that's what people are pushing for nowadays. It's true. That's what they want to do. They want to make it so that you have to get a booster like every three months for the rest of your life. And they'll be making billions of dollars. And people will continue to eat it up at these universities, the next generation, because they are not hearing a different point of view. They have no idea that there is other information out there. It is bonkers. Um, well, to that point, do you think people are still getting their information from like the same sources on, or are they getting any sources on this at all on uh, vaccination rates, hospitalizations? The hospitalization rates for vaxxed and unvaxxed are uh, almost identical in some places like Israel and here in Canada, Australia, it's, it's been the other direction, even though their numbers are small. Do you think people are, you know, going out and looking for more information? Are they getting the same information or how do you feel about that? Oh, there's definitely people on our side of the aisle and I think free thinkers and classic liberals who are hopefully looking into this and getting more information and being skeptical of what the elites and these uh, self-promoted experts are telling us. Uh, but the majority of people are not. I can't tell you how many young people I meet who just get all of their information from the leftists that they follow on Twitter and they just go along with that. Or they're simply going off of word of mouth and their best friend told them that you need to get vaccinated and wear a mask or you're a bigot who doesn't care about grandmothers. So they go along with it. It's just become a sort of cultural norm to not have any sort of skepticism, not question uh, the hierarchy, not question the elites and go along with everything that they've said. And it's because we've sort of deviated from individualism in this country. So now everybody's acting as this sort of collective that looks up to this administration or the CDC or Dr. Fauci and just takes what they say at, at its value and doesn't question it whatsoever. And I don't know when that spirit died in this country, but you should certainly view anything, especially stuff that has to do with health and medical treatment, with a great degree of skepticism. Uh, but it's certainly not happening for young people. They're just going along with the narrative. There was that one kid in the video who said, first, uh, not directly to you, Will, but uh, right after he said you were selfish right to your face for not being vaccinated on the campus. I imagine he thought you were possibly in, in the process of killing him without a mask. Did anything else come from that? Yeah, no, we can all we can all sleep easy knowing that he did not die from me being around him without a mask on unvaccinated. But truly, yeah, actually, that that conversation devolved into something that was a lot more things that we couldn't really put into the video where we got into a huge discussion about things. I mean, this is the thing that blows my mind the most about it is that so many of these people on the left, the left is supposedly like the anti big business party there. It's like, how much can you really say that you're a rebel? when you are supporting the same people who are mandating things and making money hand over fist that you don't have a choice in taking. How can you say you're a rebel when you side with those people? So this whole like leftist rebellion against the big system, like that is dead. That is no longer around in this country. People would much rather, like Amla was saying, it's much easier to be a part of the majority, to be a part of the herd. If you don't have to think for yourself and you can leave it up to someone else to do that for you, then you're going to be a, a content person in many ways. Even if you're not a happy person, you can be content. And for most people, content, uh, contentness and mediocrity is good enough for their lives. Do you guys think there's the, been this slippery but slow slope into what 
you know, children believe, I guess, I guess even college age students at this point, I think it's kind of sad that pe people who are supposed to be adults can't really think for themselves on mass. But do you think it's been a slow graduation to where it is now where you can't even say anything out of the norm? Forget saying, you know, Kanye sucks or Travis Scott is evil. Um, do you think it's basically, you know, a, a group think collective in schools now where it, it's all assumed facts, whether it's the vaccine is the greatest thing in the world or Trump is evil. Do you think it's just all, all do they, you think they even having conversations about it or is this just all assumed facts, sort of like watching the view, but in real life day to day? You know, I don't think that it is. I think that there are still times where there are a lot of young people going to, say, a public school or something, and their parents taught them about Trump or Christianity or something like that, and they go and they talk about it. And yeah, they might be in some ways a pariah with some people that they know, but I don't think, I don't think we're in a totalitarian state or anything like that. I want to talk about a recent video of Amal, as I saw, about trans ideology, where she's going off about that. And personally, I think conservatives have lost ground on this debate, and they basically conceded the idea that this isn't, you know, that it is reality. There, there's no longer the discussion that it's not reality and you're not basically mm -hmm. adhering to somebody's fantasy. And uh, I wanted to talk about a quote that I wrote down from yours. It said, affirmation of mm -hmm. this identity is very harmful to mental health. Can you expand on that, please? Sure. I mean, I, I do have my gripes with the conservative movement when it comes to transgenderism because I don't think they are having the discussions that need to be had and they're not having it in a way that is compassionate towards the transgender community. I think we need to recognize that they're the people who identify with the transgender community truly identify with this. They are truly experiencing body dysmorphia or they have been convinced of experiencing that. But what you do by simply blindly affirming what they are and what gender they choose to be is you're actually harming these young people and, and adults and whoever is part of this community, the rates of suicide within the transgender community, one of the smallest demographics of our population, are exponentially high when compared to other demographics. So why are we not talking about that? Clearly, our blind affirmation and our subscription to puberty blockers and hormone therapy and sex reassignment surgery, are, that treatment is not working because looking at the studies, which there are very few that have been done and very few that have been done long term, that sort of affirmation, especially clinical and medical affirmation, is not changing the rates of attempted and successful suicide. So if you truly care about trans people, if you are truly compassionate for the struggle that they are going through with their identity and who they believe themselves to be, you should look at treatment forms that are not having them killing themselves and committing suicide at the rate that they are doing currently. Clearly what you're doing is not working. And we're hearing stories of teenagers that are going into clinics and expressing body dysmorphia and undergoing hormone therapy within a couple months of, of expressing that confusion. That is not what should be happening. Will, what do you think the hesitancy is on people willing to, people's willingness to talk about this? You don't hear this discussed a lot in mainstream or alternative media besides Will and I'm All Alive, if I may say so. <laughs> yeah, no, we are the only outlet. So if you guys want to hear all about this <laughs> stuff, make sure that you're tuned into our show. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, we just saw the other day, this was maybe three days ago, there were Republicans on the House steps with masks on outside waving a trans flag. What the hell are you doing? Republicans, you're supposed to be Republicans. You're supposed to be the conservative party. And then you are abandoning your values. Like, what are you doing? The hesitancy to talk about these things is because these people are weak. 
it's not because they don't know all the facts. It's not because they don't have their, their wits about them. These people are smart. They're in office. They know what they're doing. Many people are smart. They're weak. They are weak and will not go and talk about it because they're scared of what other people are going to think about them. This is why the Republican Party in, in, in America is essentially dead. Because they are weak and cater to the left, what, what, whatever they want them to do. The people who are in the GOP in America care more about what the New York Times says about them, cares more about what the Washington Post says about them than what they're actually doing to help their constituents, the people who put them into office. So, you know, all of these people who won't talk about it and, and, and dance around the issue, it's because you're weak. And I am asking you right now that if you say you're a conservative and you believe in these things, stop being, stop being weak and actually stand up for the truth. Stand up for what you know is right and say what is actually real. Otherwise, we just keep losing more and more ground to the left. And it's because of you. You are to blame. I definitely agree. And it sounds like you've been watching a lot of Andrew Says lately, so I can't disagree with any of that. Every day, man. Every day. <laughs> it's a once a week show, Will. Stop with your lies. No, I watch the same episode over and oh, okay. every single day to prepare it's like me. Seinfeld for, for you. I get it. Yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of you know, the culture getting away and being weak. Uh, the Thomas Jefferson statue in New York City Hall is being taken down or was just taken down. Trump predicted this, by the way. Where do you guys think the country is headed? In which direction? Are we blackpilling ourselves and saying it's unsavable? Are we still trying to turn it around? Are we seceding to more Republican states? What's your opinion on this? I, I always like to err on the side of things being salvageable. So that's where my belief lies right now. But I think it's a long fight. I don't think people are quite as aware of how pervasive these problems are. I know the wokeism in America has generally been growing, at least from what I've seen working on the left to being on the conservative side now. We, America looks totally different from the America that it was five years ago. And if we don't put a halt to this and start talking about it and teaching our history and teaching rightful history, history uh, to Americans. It's not going to solve anything. We're not going to get fixed. There is a, a KGB defector by the name of Yuri Bezmenov that I encourage everybody to look up and listen to because he stipulated that ideological subversion, sort of deviating from reality and changing everybody's perception of what's real, started back in the 1960s here in America. We've completely educated a full generation since then. So it's going to take uh, you know, deviating back to our true American values, our true history. What is a biological male? What is a biological female? And teaching a whole new generation of that before a change is going to occur. So it is a long, long battle and people aren't ready for the exhaustion and the fight that it truly takes and they need to be. Are you guys thinking about leaving California yet? Well, I know I've heard you say things like Texas is going to be blue in five to 10 years. Is there going to be a point where you guys think about leaving? Um, have you already thought about it? What do you think about that? I feel like living in California, I've used this analogy before, is, is like living in East Berlin and watching the, the Berlin Wall go up. And right now we're kind of just looking at it like, oh, that's a weird wall. And then by the time that the wall gets all the way built, it's too late. It's too late. So my advice to people who are in these these places that are incredibly blue, especially the people who are struggling, which there are many in California, is to leave. Is to leave and go to West Berlin. 
get over that wall before it's too late. I, I think that's what people need to do. I understand the the stand and fight argument and trying to stay and fight, but it gets to a point where you can't do anything. Okay, let's not kid ourselves. There comes a point when it is too late for a certain place, right? If you are in some some battle hundreds of years ago and you lose a fortress and you don't have the men to retake it, you don't stupidly stay and fight. You you go back to another battleground or to another uh, safe hold to regather your troops, right? To say that we just need to stay and fight for something that is dead makes no sense to me. So granted, Amal and I are still here. We're figuring out plans and trying to see what, what can happen in the future. Um, you know, I'm not saying you need to leave right now and get a like immediately, but but think about it because there there comes a time when evil is too pervasive and and too deep that that you as an individual can no longer be surrounded by that. It is toxic. It is toxic waste to be surrounded by so much of this stuff in California. I will add though, uh, yeah, don't don't be confused. And to the point that Will made about Texas being blue, the the wokeism and the leftism and that sort of organizing, that grassroots organizing, which the left is fantastic at, I know because I did it, uh, is happening in all those great states too. It's happening in Texas, it's happening in Tennessee, it's happening in Florida. I came from a leftist organization in Florida, and that organization has only grown since I've left it. So it's going to be happening everywhere. And I think if you are in a state that is not supporting your values, uh, the most important thing you can do in the short term is build a small community of people that do or find a local government that does support your values, because at least that is something to uh, find solace in and find community in. I think part of the blame is the, the media's willingness to you know push things blatantly in one direction. And what I'm talking about is the Rittenhouse case. And w without even getting into the specifics, they were able to get away with literally lying about laws that are on the books for a year. They're able to get away with narratives. I think it was the Telegraph in the UK that said he shot three black people. Um, yep. And then CNN only after it looks like they're going to get sued and he's acquitted. Are they now backpedaling and starting to inject facts? Oh, it turns out that this is what actually happened. Do you think there's going to be any progression towards media accountability where, you know, they're not basically strangling the American uh, viewer into thinking one way. Do you think there's going to be any blowback? Because I remember back in the day, and really dating myself here, it seemed like after an election, if some certain journalists got it wrong, they were gone, you know? But once Trump got elected, they couldn't really admit they were wrong. Do you think we sort of, sort of gear back towards that? Or are they just so dug in now, you guys, that they're never, ever going to turn it around? I think no. I don't think that it will turn around. I think that either they stick to their guns with being wrong all the time, which they are wrong all the time. They either stick to that and never admit that they were wrong or be destroyed. I don't think that they will ever come and, and get a backbone again. They have done too much. It's like you commit enough evil acts. You know, there comes a point where it's like, you know, can you really turn that around? Can CNN really become a good publication? I don't think so. They're, they're too they're too terrible, okay? They're literally too terrible. The Washington Post, I mean, the Washington Post is owned by Jeff Bezos, who has special interests. I mean, you really think that's going to turn around because they got a couple facts wrong that don't really matter and no one's going to hold them accountable? No. They are either going to continue to do what they do to an even greater degree because they can, or they are going to absolutely implode and destroy themselves. So those are the two options.
I think uh, yeah. I think they'll they will try in the short term to sort of fix up or at least get a few more conservative or, or you know, at least free thinking people on their shows. I know that uh, what we'll see, hopefully, is some legal processes after Kyle Rittenhouse has been acquitted and he will come and sue them. And, and once they feel it legally, maybe that'll happen. I've read today that MSNBC is reconsidering having Joy Reid as one of their hosts because she gets <laughs> such extreme reactions. And, uh, you know, their their ratings are tanking. So some Something is going to have to change. And like Will said, it's either they they shape up or they completely are destroyed. Nobody wants to watch that. So the only way CNN survives is gyms and uh, airports. It doesn't seem to me that uh, <laughs> that they're getting much an uptake in viewership. The last thing I kind of want to ask you guys about on a somewhat lighter note before you go, how is everything going with the book, Will? Are we seeing positive reinforcement? Is it gonna be, you know, every couple of years we get a, a Will Witt book? Are we gonna go more educational? How's everything going with the reactions to your book? You know, I, this book was really hard to write, so I think I'm gonna go into picture books after this, and I think <laughs> I might have more success that way. No, it's actually been really successful. It's been amazing. We got number six best-selling book in America for the first week, got national bestseller. Uh, New York Times wouldn't put us on their list because they're a bunch of uh, losers, but other than that, it was fantastic. And the, the best message is that, you know, I sold tens of thousands of books, and I was be, I was getting people coming to me and saying, hey, I actually used your book, How to Win Friends and Influence Enemies, use the questions and persuasion tactics in it to actually change people's minds. And it actually worked. You weren't just, you know, blowing smoke out of your butt. This stuff actually worked and I used it. That was so incredibly cool. So, yeah, I'm actually starting to work on my next book now. So you can look, you know, I don't know how long it'll take, but <laughs> just just be prepared and, and stand by me while I work on this, too. And Alma, what projects can we expect from you? Special projects, uh, how to trigger Will Witt, uh, diagrams, I don't know. What are, you are you working on anything like that? I know you've got fans at Rebel News. Uh, you wanna cut back to them? We've got fans at Rebel News who are big fans of Amala, um, web editor Sarah, the producer, um, one, somebody on the uh, charity we work with. They're all Amala fans. What do we have coming out from you? It, that we can get you to blush well, well, more about, I think. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm so excited. Uh, so lots of social media content on all platforms. That's my day to day. Plus, we have Will and Amala Live that is growing, growing, growing. And we're doing that every single weekday at uh, 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern on PragerU's YouTube and Facebook. And we're on all the different podcast platforms. But we're also working on a show for me. And I'll, I'll give you just a little bit of insight into it. It's going to be every episode looking into a different social issue. So transgenderism, systemic racism, feminism, and debunking as many of the leftist myths and lies that we can uh, in, in a short period of time each episode. So really what I'm focusing on is armoring people, trying to reach young people who are like me, radical leftists, and waking them up and through my experience and talking about my transformation. So that show will be coming, uh, coming up the bend very soon. Well, I'm very happy with everything you guys put out. It's very inspiring. I think the Wills, the Amlas, even the Vince Dows, the John Doyles, you guys are saying important things, I think. And especially for younger people, it's very important to have you guys talking about these issues every day live when I'm on my treadmill watching you guys. Um, clearly not as much lately. Um, you know, I have to get back in shape to compete with Will for best looking guy in uh, news media here. Will, any final words before we let you go about how much you love me? I don't think words can describe that. Man. Oh, thank it's, you, it's too much. You know, I'll just have to 
Oh, I don't know if I can even make this joke. I was going to say I'd show you in person, but I don't know. I don't know how people are going to take that joke. That's so, fine. We'll put it behind the but, paywall. <laughs> exactly. This is the OnlyFans content for for people who really want to pay. Thirty forty five a month. All right. Thank you both for joining <laughs> me. I appreciate you guys. I hope we can do something again soon. Anything you need from me, you just let me know. Have a great day, you two. Thank Thanks, you boss. So much.